Located in Western North Carolina, the 100-mile Fonta Flora State Trail will connect Morganton to Asheville with hiking and biking trails along the Catawba River, around Lake James, through the mountains, and into our charming downtowns like Morganton, Marion, Old Fort, Black Mountain, and Asheville's River Arts District. It will provide an unparalleled experience for people of all ages and abilities. The full scope of the Fonta Flora State Trail will take many years, but the 32-mile loop around Lake James, as well as other completed sections in Morganton, Marion, Old Fort, and Black Mountain have already served as a spark to ignite the passions to complete this project. This region has no shortage of recreational and cultural amenities, and by linking these communities and natural assets, the Fontaflora State Trail will leverage mountains, waterways, and main streets, which have made the region a destination for adventures both near and far. In this episode, I traveled over to Black Mountain to sit down with Beth Hiley. She is the executive director of the Friends of Fontaflora State Trail, and we talk about the origins and the vision for this incredible trail and navigating through the process of becoming a state trail. We also talk about the challenge of keeping a large project like this moving forward when it involves three counties, multiple constituents and decision makers, getting bills passed in the North Carolina House and Senate, securing funding to move the project from concept to completion, and a whole lot more, including sections to enjoy right now and a vision of what is to come. You're listening to Exploration Local, a podcast designed to explore and celebrate the people and places that make the Blue Ridge and Southern Appalachian Mountains special and unique. My name is Mike Andrus, the host of Exploration Local. Join us on our journey to explore these mountains and discover how they fuel a spirit of adventure. We encourage you to wander far, but explore local. Let's go. I am excited to be here today with Beth Hiley. She is the executive director of the Friends of the Fonta Flora State Trail. And if you have never heard of the Fonta Flora State Trail before today, you are going to not only hear about it, but you're going to hear a tremendous amount of details about this uh, particular trail, which is amazing. And we'll also at the very beginning tell you that uh, it's not complete right now. There, It is being built in sections or some sections that are done, some sections that aren't done. Um, but ultimately, when this trail is complete, Beth, it will have how many miles? 100 miles all the way from Morganton in Burke County to Asheville in Buncombe County. And it's a very exciting trail because it's a little bit different than some of the others. Is It takes you around lakes and rivers and mountains. And at the same time, you dip down to all the little municipalities along the way. So when you start in Morganton, downtown Morganton, you're going to go around Lake James, and the goal there is to have 26 miles completed around Lake James, so you could run a marathon if you so feel like it. Nice. But the next town you come to is Glen Alpine, and it's just a little small town in Burke County, and it's right along the Catawba River, and from there you will move on to Marion. And again, dipping down into downtown Marion and seeing what they have there, and they have completed sections of Greenway. So we're talking about different surfaces. Around Lake James right now, that is natural surface trail about four foot wide that you can mountain bike and hike on. Uh, if I back up to Morganton, their trail right now is on their Greenway, so 10, 12 foot wide paved. So different sections are going to have a different format. When we get into downtown Marion, they have their Greenway there, but we're also going to 
going to be kind of in the middle of downtown and some busy five-lane roads that they're going to be adjusting there. Then we come on up the mountain to the cute little town of Old Fort. That's and, right. Oh, my goodness gracious. There is so much going on um, to Old Fort, and I know that's going to be a whole different episode that's for you. Right. So I won't be a spoiler there, <laughs> but exciting things there. And then up to Black Mountain and Asheville. So we do have about 32 miles of trail on the ground and um, two-thirds more to go. But hopefully that's going to happen over the next 10 years. And you can plan a long, long hike for 100 miles or jump jump on a segment. Oh, that's awesome. So I, you and I were talking earlier, and I was telling you that the first time that I ever heard of anything about the Fontaflora Trail, I was in Old Fort, speak of Old Fort. And I saw the orange feather that is painted up on the building. And obviously it got my, it caught my attention. Mm -hmm. And so from there, I started to walk through doors and and talk to people and find out a little bit more about this. And so here I am seven, eight months down the road. And to be able to sit here with you today as the executive director of the friends of the the Fontaflora State Trail um, is, is wonderful for me um, to, to, to get to know you a little bit, to hear your passion, which and, and the emails that we have gone yeah. back and forth. I mean, there's there's so much passion there. I can't wait for people to to pick up on that even more. But there's a lot that goes into this. There's a lot that goes into to designing trails that it's not just somebody says, hey, let's drop in 100 miles of trail. There's a whole lot that goes into it. And there are a whole lot of people that are involved in this process. Oh, my goodness gracious. The process of becoming a state trail is uh, so much paperwork, you wouldn't even believe it. But using the Fontaflora State Trail as an example, this started back around 2013, 2014 with Scott Carpenter. He was the director of planning at Burke County. And he had just come to work there and was looking for some projects and found an old notebook that talked about um, a loop trail, a loop trail around Lake James and he thought this could be something that we could have happen and um, the FERCRI licensing was going on with Duke Energy and that's a process where they need to provide some recreational amenities to people as they use the lake for their power generation and Scott was aware of that and he started looking at building the trail and along the way it hit him if he had this trail become a state trail that he may be able to get more funding not that the state goes around and hands out money to state trails, but when you're in the grant process, competing against other trails across the state, that sometimes a state trail will be elevated and will end up getting more money. So that was Scott's goal in getting it to be a state trail. Well, he just didn't call up somebody and say, make this happen. First, he had to have state parks come out and visit Morganton and see what trail he was talking about. They said, well, a state trail in one county is not much of a state trail. We really need to uh, connect some other towns, some other counties, have something of interest. And that's when he, working with state trails, decided going from Morganton to Asheville would be an amazing opportunity and touching each municipality would build them up along the way and give something to their citizens or whatever the need was in that community. Well, once they all decided that the corridor was feasible and this could be a trail, then they had to find a representative or a senator in North Carolina to sponsor the bill. You just can't have state parks sign off on a state trail. It needs their blessing, but then it needs to go through the General Assembly to become a state trail. Representative Blackwell was that person, and in 2015, the bill was passed making Fontaflora State Trail a a true trail, a state trail. Now, at that time, you might think, this is great. State Parks is going to step in and make this trail happen and lead the way. But that's not the case. Once it's signed off on, 
that is the end with state parks until you have a section of trail to be designated. Okay. So right now in Old Fort, um, um, Foothills Conservancy just finished up a three-mile section to the west of Camp Greer. It's going to go from Camp Greer to Point Lookout. State Parks has to come back in and look at that trail and see if it meets their expectations as far as incline, how steep will it be, is it safe, um, you know, is it everything up to par for state parks. But in between that, they're not giving any funding or any guidance. Okay. And the problem with that can be um, it's up to everybody, each land manager, to take this on themselves. And a land manager could be the city, the county, state parks, the Forest Service, or just somebody in their house, or a college even. And so each of those land managers has to decide by themselves, am I going to work on this trail today? What if my neighboring town is not doing anything, and I suddenly spent a million dollars to make a trail to nowhere? And so that's kind of the problem when a trail becomes a state trail, and then it just sits there. There's no one to rally all the troops, if you will. Okay. So that's what we're doing with Friends of the Fonta Flores State Trail is to hold these meetings, to gather everybody together. Like I've had Burke and McDowell get together and had Buncombe and Black Mountain get together. Everybody talking, saying, we're committed to this trail and we're going to make it happen and let's figure out how to do it together. Oh, that's remarkable. So you have all of uh, stretched over 100 miles. Right. Um, you have three different counties. Yes. You have different municipalities. You have different land managers. You have private home or private landowners. Right. That's a lot to kind of pull together, right. right? And so, what your job is—not to minimize it—but what your job is is to pull all of that together, right? And right. then just keep this whole thing moving towards completion and 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 getting buy-in from right. all these constituents. Yes. So on one hand, a nice way to say it is I'm a facilitator, and the way I like to say it is I'm a nag. So I'm just like constantly calling up somebody and saying, hey, how's your portion of the trail going? Have you picked your three priorities of trail you're working on? Um, one of our goals is, well, when I first got this job, the two questions I got most is, how much do I have in orange clothing? And where do I get on the trail? Well, I'm building up my orange wardrobe, but at the same time, I'm trying to help people understand where you can get on the trail. Right, because right. even I, I'm from Valdez, I live in Burke County, and it's like, I wasn't really sure where you get on the trail. So, so I'm not alone in that? <laughs> no, even people who live in the middle of all this don't understand Fontaflora and where you get on it. So, so I have to, one thing I have yes. to admit to you, so when I told you that I found the orange uh, feather on mm -hmm. the building. Do you know that for the next 40 minutes, I drove around trying to find out where this trail actually was? I, I honestly yes. did. So <laughs> I, I am admitting here uh, in front of you and everyone that I had no idea. In fact, I, I shared with you earlier this morning, I had no idea that this was as involved to the right. level that it is until we started to lay back or peel back some layers and you've shared some information with me. So right. And that's a, a huge frustration with everybody. And that's why one of our goals is to create a map, an interactive map that you can get on our website and explore, or you will have a brochure that you can look at. And I started a series in April, I guess it was, of what I'm calling Hike and Learns. I kind of did it to help myself and say, well, this is community outreach at the same time. It's like, let's go to a location, understand where you get on that trail 
trail and actually walk it. And then we would also go and have lunch at somewhere in the area. So we did four of those in the spring and we're getting ready to kick off um, three in the fall just to help people understand yeah. where in the world do we get on this trail? Because it is so um, scattered about, a little sporadic and a little crazy. And some sections have already existed as their own thing, like in Black Mountain, it's the River Oak Trail Greenway. And that's a one mile paved section that's been there Gosh, I don't even know how long, but that's now designated Fonteflora State Trail. Who would have known? We need to get some orange feathers out there. Right. And then in Marion, you have their greenways, two separate greenways that don't even connect, but they're Fonteflora. So we're trying to make all these connections along the way and educate people that the trail exists. The trail does exist. And so actually, let's pause just a minute. Mm -hmm. So you, that's very interesting what you just said, because the one section that I did find ultimately well, I had to come back two or three times later <laughs> I'm, I'm, to be fully transparent. But it was a point lookout. Yes. It was that whole area up there. And so that's when I saw, I knew, I made the connection, right? Because I'm like, okay, here's a trailhead. This is point lookout. Yeah. And here's my orange feather. This is the orange feather that I'm looking at. But what you're describing here is that along this 100-mile corridor, there are areas that are complete Yes. But it's because they were there and you're incorporating those completed sections. But then there's areas that you've built as right. well. Right. right. So some areas are being built and some areas are still being identified. So let's look at Old Fort right there at exit 73. If you drive down I-40, you may have seen Davidson's Fort, a wooden structure. And right beside that is going to be a Fontaflora State Trailhead and Park. Nice. So that became to be, and we have a grant in, and we may talk about this later, they put in a grant to the state to the Parks and Recreation Trust Fund, and they are asking for $300 to build this trailhead, $300,000, and they have to match it with $300,000. Okay. And that's kind of where we, as friends of the Fontaflora State Trail, stepped in, is we were able to take donations from private donors, where they may not want to give to a city or a county, they would give to a nonprofit group to have their write-off, and then we would transfer that. So there is going to be a trailhead, and part of the Fontaflora State Trail, and parking, and restroom and a dog park and all this stuff but before we didn't know would the trail come down through there or would it stay up on highway 70 so just as you're finding um I don't know if you, not really a pinch point, but a control point along the way. As you're talking to people and learning about things, you find things that can be highlighted that, you know, this section of land was available and it would make a great trailhead. Or this area on the river is going to be too much flooding. We need to stay one up. So what you saw in Old Fort with the big orange feather on the uh, building was kind of like a push from business owners in that area to say, oh. let's bring Fontaflora down through here. Won't makes this sense. be a great thing? So um, so that's probably going to happen. It makes sense through there and then get over to Camp Greer and eventually to Point Lookout. But then you run into some problems like bridges that are too skinny or getting over a railroad or all these different problems along the way, some that can take years to figure out or get settled. Wow. So it'll take time. Yeah, there's absolutely a lot that's going on there. Well, the interesting thing is that there are there are a number of state trails that are in North Carolina now. There's some that are complete. There are some that are proposed for down the line. Many people, especially our listeners, and we know that they're aware of the Mountains to Sea Trail. And so that trail actually has a person, a, a person who's um, a director. They kind of oversee it. But this is sort of new, this particular trail. This is what you were saying. This is only the second trail, the state trail, that actually has an executive director like you. Is that 
right? Yes, as far as I know, I've, a lot of them are starting to get nonprofits and have people working around them. But my hope is that with Fontaflora State Trail and showing the executive director position, it'll show State Parks what a person can do brought in early in this process. So right now we are a friends group and we take up memberships. So family for 50 and an individual for 25. But to fund my position, we went to the municipalities along our route. So Burke County and McDowell County have funded us. Morganton, Glen Alpine, Marion, and Old Fort and Black Mountain have funded us. So all those people putting money into our pot has funded my executive director position as part-time. So that's how we're existing right now and that I'm here to facilitate these people and nag the different municipalities to make it happen. When we were talking about state parks saying this is gonna be a state trail and then nothing else happened, I'm in another group, the Great Trail State Coalition, who's asking the state to fund these types of positions. So my hope is, you know, Mountains to Sea Trail's been there for many years and established and, you know, people kind of get that. We're trying to show when you're a brand new state trail, if you bring in somebody at the beginning, that it can go on the ground much faster and you just don't have a name on paper. You have a real trail that people can get out and experience and enjoy. Yeah. So speaking of that, there are some sections of this trail that we can enjoy right now. Oh my goodness. Right? Yes. Yes. There's about 32 miles. The majority of them are Burke County again, since they kind of started it up and had extra money from Duke Energy. There's 20 miles around Lake James. And if you go to our website, FontafloraStateTrail.com, I've listed out now where you can go find these parts of the trail. I have GPS coordinates if you can't find um, their random placement, because when you drive behind a dumpster and you think you're on somebody's <laughs> driveway and it's the most confusing thing so I've got coordinates and telling you exactly where you can go and what kind of um, surface it is or just join us at one of our hiking learns they're a yes. lot of fun to um, meet other folks and learn the area and get out there and explore together yeah yeah absolutely so uh, you have around Lake James there's 20 miles around Lake James right now as you mentioned and it says Morganton, about 3.8 miles along the Catawba River. Yes. And there are two different sections there, or is that 3.8, like, continuous? The, yes, that's 3.8 continuous. Okay. That's all one straight. It's Marion who has two separate sections of Greenway. So okay. the Morganton Greenway is already there, uh, you know, all paved right along the Catawba River. Very nice to walk now. Okay. And they're working on another little section, one mile, that'll take you into downtown that should be finished by the end of the year. Oh, perfect. And though we're not all related, that one one mile section will take you right into the Fontaflora Brewery in yes. downtown Morganton. Yes. So that'll be kind of sweet there. So, and then you've got the lake section, but right now we're not connected. So you have the big loop around the lake and you have Morganton, but there's a big gap in there. And that's where we're talking about. Um, we kind of know the corridor, but we're looking at where to go from there. So of course we want to connect to Glen Alpine, the small town down there that's been supportive of us and been in it from the beginning. And we were going to stay along the river there. But when sometimes you run into opposition of landowners or just too many to tackle, like I don't know if the exact number, but say we have 40 landowners down through there that we'd have to get permission to get a trail easement to oh. walk across their property. Well, suddenly a new thing has sprung up in the past year is with Foothills Conservancy of North Carolina. That's our land trust. They're building a, well, no, they would say you're building a park that big. They've acquired 600 acres in the middle of Lake James State Park and Morganton. So with that item now that's going to be parking, restrooms, possibly camping, hiking, biking trails, suddenly we have a new control point. Why do we want to stay down here on the river, risk flooding of our trails and dealing with 
40 landowners when you've got Foothills Conservancy who's already about conserving land and loving trails we should go up to their property and then go into Morganton right so that's what we're looking at and adjusting right now and the other thing I keep getting asked besides just the orange and where to get on the trail is where to camp and yeah. so I've started thinking about you know we need probably eight to ten mile intervals of camping and so that would be a great place for folks to start downtown Morganton and the Oak Hill Park be their first camping site and then they would move on and could camp at Lake James or Black Bear in McDowell County and just making sure that we have camping sites along the way because I think that's the great thing about a state trail or a long distance trail is you come out and you can do it you know all in two or three months or right. you can make sure you've done these segments that's right that's right and the other really of course there's probably a lot of really neat things about <laughs> these trails are the benefits of them but you know I, I always love the communities that do this because you have all ability levels you have all different types of people who are high adventures people are just maybe just starting to get outside and exercise and just yeah. try to get healthier so all of these trails provide that and then you know if you're just blowing by on 40 or heading up 108 or 107 or any of these areas you really don't you really can't see the interior right so that's kind of like what I, what I love about railroads that are converted into greenway kind of places too yeah. is that you get to see some of the interior where you might not you know you might not see this stuff otherwise yeah and that's exactly right about the different state trails and what they have to offer as I mentioned the Fontaflora State Trail is going to take you through mountains and rivers and lakes and out in nature but you're also going to dip down to municipalities along the way and see what different towns have to offer another state trail I've been involved with is the Wilderness Gateway State Trail okay. that was designated in 2018 again by Representative Blackwell and it's going to run from Baker's Mountain in Catawba County through South Mountain State Park over to Chimney Rock State Park with a loop to Valdez Lakeside Park. Wow. And the benefit, or it's not the benefit, the draw of this trail or its asset is going to be, it's mainly just way, way out in nature. Yeah. Just out in the forest or out on, um, you know, a river that's barely been tapped. And so that one may never see a town except for when it comes to Valdez with that loop we have coming over. And it's being kind of spearheaded by Foothills Conservancy of North Carolina because that trail has an interested landowner who is helping acquire land. You know, sometimes you want to acquire land for a trail, and sometimes you just need an easement. You just mm. want permission to walk on the trail. You don't want to, um, you know, take over, or you wouldn't take over the property. You don't need to purchase it. So that one's going to have a whole different flavor, that wow. you're going to be out in the middle of nowhere across all these mountains and different areas, and it's just going to be an incredible, incredible feel. Yeah. You know, as you're as you're talking, I'm thinking in user groups. Yeah. You know, who's using that's where my brain goes. And so I kind of see these as where the normal distribution of people are, right? So you have people that they may not be up for a fifteen mile backpack trip right. on the Art Lobe Trail or whatever it may be, or thirty eight miles on the Art Lobe. And they may not be in the backcountry camping, but that doesn't mean that they don't want to experience our beautiful surroundings and our natural resources right. here. So what a what a what a better way you know, than a, than a trail like this that could lead them to all those different types of environments. And that's what I think is important, too, about 
our hike and learns or any events, even in Valdez with our Friends of the Valdez Rec, we have group walks. There are different user groups and different comfort levels. Like some people are afraid to, we hiked the Marion Greenway or walked it rather, which is Fontaflora Trail. And how many people came out to do that as a group because they were just afraid to walk a new Greenway? They didn't want to be out there with people we didn't know. And then in Old Fort, uh, when we did that hike and learn, we were going on to a natural surface trail that was not even open to the public. We were being guests of Foothills Conservancy. And so many people came together because they didn't want to explore on their own. They wanted to be led. And I think the more you can get people out there and get them comfortable with it, I mean, the more people are just going to take on and be more healthy and be more with nature. And the more you're outside and enjoying it, the more you want to protect it, which is, you know, a big passion of mine now with our land trust that's like we have got to protect what we have now it's not going to be here forever of course and so we need to do what we can to protect it well you're exactly right and that's where the foothills conservancy really kind of comes into play right with some of the you know something you just said is probably for me in my season of life right now and 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 in discovery and adventure it it is kind of around that conservation piece um i mentioned in in our, our last episode that it's not that i didn't think about those things but now i'm hyper sensitive of them right. because you see things like this and then you see what goes on behind the scenes and then you see what it takes to acquire the land and if the land wasn't acquired who knows what it could become right. in time so you literally are preserving hopefully for infinitum these wonderful spaces and things that all these you know that we all get to enjoy and right. our grandkids get to enjoy for you know, years and years and years. Exactly. But it would not happen without these conservancy groups. That is true. And just citizens across the board, like you're saying that it's your passion. So maybe you'll make something happen soon. I just got into this whole world of trails and conservation. I kind of fell into it in my hometown of Valdez, which is in Burke County. Uh, I was born and raised there. And then I went to be in the rat race of Raleigh (laughs) and um, did that for a couple years and then had my son. And that's at that point when he got about five I missed the small town life I know that that's important what was for me growing up and I wanted that for my son so we came back to Valdez and that's when I learned about um, 300 acres we had in Valdez on the lake that had never been developed like right there close to downtown on the lake in a creek and um, our parks director said hey, don't you think this would make a great park for Valdez? Because we were driving to Lake James or driving, you know, to Montreat. We were hiking and biking and kayaking everywhere, but driving, he said, you could just be right here. And I had a friend take me out on the property. A hunt club was renting it, but we went and looked at the property and I just fell in love. I'm like, oh my gosh, we've got to have this and save this. The amazing thing was I could not believe there was 300 acres right there close to downtown that had not been developed, had not been clear cut. I mean, it was just in prime condition. And so that became my mission right then. I had a job. My husband and I have our own business, but I'm just like, we've got to save this for the town and make this a retreat for everyone. It's a staycation. You know, everybody can't afford to go on big travel trips. Right. But that is just like, you're just out deep in the forest, just minutes from downtown. Yeah. Well, and that's the thing. I mean, that literally, you just really hit on the head the reason this whole podcast even started because I have people who have listened to it. They, they know that I've literally traveled and lived all over the world before, but there's no place I'd rather live than right here. Right. And I spent so many years traveling out to all these other places. I'm like, well, wait a minute. <laughs> there's so much right here in the Blue yeah. Ridge region. So let's just kind of check it out. So yes, you're, you, you're exactly right. I agree with you 100%. So that was just me as a citizen thinking we need to save this and me not knowing anything, you know, I'll 
play naive or I am naive. I called Foothills Conservancy because I thought they saved land, which they do. And I'm like, can you help me? (laughs) And it kind of went around and about, but in the end, they're the ones who helped us. So that started my relationship with them. And we've had a great partnership with, you know, since then working on different projects along the way. And so now I'm deep into all this conservation and trail stuff and loving every minute of it. Yeah. This is a big passion project. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So let's, if we can, um, let's think about each of these little communities okay. that are going to be along the way. And there are there are a lot of similarities, but there's also some things that make those little towns really, really unique. Um, and so I'm probably throwing you on the spot here <laughs> just a little bit. Just when you think about each of the regions and you think about as you all have been designing this this trail, how would you describe, maybe starting from Morganton yeah. and then maybe kind of coming our way up here to Black Mountain? Yeah, so Morganton has taken on a whole new life probably in the last 10 to 12 years. It's interesting I have this to measure with because I was in Raleigh, gosh, I don't know if I was there, it seemed like forever, but probably 15, 20 years. And when we moved back to Valdez, I know that was 2011, and I went to reconnect with all the towns along the way. So I know that Morganton seemed kind of dead. I know there was nothing in Old Fort. Like, I know that things have been changing along the way. So now some people will call Morganton a little Asheville. I don't know if they like that idea or not, but it's really an up-and-coming hip town with three or four breweries and so many nice places to eat and with the trail coming through the North Carolina School of Science and Math going there there's just a lot of activity but still not um, big city is still quaint and nice community where everybody knows each other and just a lot going on there so Morganton is kind of I guess a good medium-sized town so I would start there with your downtown and then we're coming around Lake James Lake James is split across two counties so it's part Burke County and it is part um, McDowell County and um, so both places are claiming that and there's plenty of um, camping and houses and Lake James State Park there and just it's just a beautiful beautiful pristine lake there up I left out Glen Alpine along the way they just have about a thousand people and they're trying to reinvent themselves right now they've had a lot of industry leave Um, they have one section of downtown where they had a restaurant, they had an ice cream shop, they have a great outfitters there with Appalachian Mountain Sports. But during COVID, they've lost their ice cream and lost their restaurant, Uh and they're just kind of fizzling out, and they're seeing the trail as a way to bring people back in. Absolutely. So technically, the Fonta Flores State Trail won't go into um, Glen Alpine's downtown. It'll be one mile away. So I'm working with Glen Alpine to look at some grants and look at some opportunities to plan trail from their downtown to Fonta Flores State Trail where there's um, kayak put-in access. So that's called water mill access. So they may not be right on the trail, but that one mile close and we'll have a connector to them and support them and promote them. And they are hoping to kind of bounce back with this trail or have it breathe life into them. And that's like all the different um, municipalities along the diff- the way have a different goal. So yeah. they want people to come to their community and they want to be a trailhead. Coming on up the road to Marion and their Bigfoot Festival, we have been so lucky to work with Marion because they have a trails association, McDowell Trails Association, who has been extremely active and they partner with McDowell County and the city of Marion and have their respect to help plan their trails and help talk to DOT about trails. And um, so having them already on the ground and already have the respect of the local governments has been a huge boost. So they help with 
Point Lookout. They were helping connect the two um, Marion Greenways where they're going to have to go across 70. So that's been um, a big boost there. And Marion has really grown just in the last year that I've been fumbling around and finding my way because we have our post office box there and the McJowl chamber is kind of my office away from home. So much going on. Oh my goodness. And then <laughs> this is kind of combined with Old Fort. And I can't believe we hadn't even talked about this yet is um, McDowell Technical Community College. Oh, that's right. With the whole trail building. <laughs> oh my gosh. Absolutely. They have the trail building class now. And maybe you'll talk about that with the G5 folks, but that's been a great asset. And I took the class in March. I was in their very first class that they cool. have of trail maintenance, but I had been doing um, trail maintenance and stuff before, but I thought it would be a good primer to get in there and see what other folks could learn and promote that. So that's going on. But the cool thing is that class is going to move to downtown Old Fort. Oh, so no. that's yeah. the next awesome. one down the line. They got a grant to um, take up space in a building in downtown Old Fort, an $800,000 grant to have wow. the trails class there and some other continuing education type classes. So Old Fort, when I was saying we've moved back to this area 10 or 12 years ago, we went to see the geyser and see Catawba Falls. And like there was nothing to eat at except Hardee's. Right. So we ate at Hardee's. And now when you go, they got one brewery, one on the way, many places to eat and just so much activity going yeah. on. It's amazing what this trail, not just Fontaflora, but the U.S. Forest System trails and just bringing in, um, I don't know, just some things going right all at the right time for them to make them a big hub. And then, as you said, you're at Point Lookout where that is a paved greenway right now all the way up to Ridgecrest and we'll get to Black Mountain. And Black Mountain has the one mile um, River Oak Trail that we talked about. And we're still kind of talking about where does Black Mountain want the trail to go? Because we talked about well, Glen Alpine is needing this trail. They would love for it to come downtown. They want people to come and visit them and learn about them. But Black Mountain, you know, it's a beautiful town and it's like overflowing with people. They have yeah. tons of people walking their main streets and restaurants and whatever. So they're kind of thinking maybe the trail should dip down a little south of town. So keep those two areas separated. And that's what we're working on together. And it's up to the local municipality on how they want the trail to impact their community. And same with Asheville. Right now, the trail is planned to end at um, the River Arcs District in Asheville, Very and nice. we're going to have a hike and learn event there um, in October of this year to talk about this is where the trail will end. But Asheville has plenty of visitors right now. They have plenty of tourism. They are wanting to make sure they are taking care of their citizens. So for them, when we talk about Fontaflora State Trail and talk about the route, we want to make sure those who live there are benefiting and yeah. that they're not being overwhelmed by more people just coming to get on a trail there. Yeah. So a lot of different towns, a lot of different looks, a lot of different experiences on these trails. Yeah. And they all have their uh, individual reasons of why they would like right. to tie in and buy in with this trail. But what would be the overarching thing that would that would tie and bind all of these areas together? What would you say, Beth? What would be that overarching thing for the Fontaflora Trail? Wow. Oh, we're going to have to come up with a new ad campaign for this. <laughs> I think the whole overarching thing would be um, mountains to municipalities or, gosh, yeah, because you're getting the best of everything. You're getting quaint downtowns. I still think Asheville is a quaint downtown. Yes. And you're getting out in nature to be near the water. I mean, who doesn't like the sound of running water or the reflection on the lake? So That's right. I would think nature and shopping, eating, 
all that good stuff. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, no, I think you're exactly right. <laughs> I mean, like when I think about it in my own brain, I think of, I love small downtowns. If anybody listens to the podcast, they know that I love small towns and, and definitely seeing the resurgence of a lot of the small towns right. coming along. Um, the outdoors, that's a given. I mean, we live here for, for a very specific reason and most of us enjoy the outdoors and the whole lifestyle that that brings. So you have that. But then um, for me, the other thing is that there, there's a connection point. So you think of these towns in their own little silos and that's great, but it's really part of a bigger story. I mean, all these things are so much part of something that's bigger. And the really cool thing for me is like when I used to think of the Blue Ridge Mountains, I would think of, you know, get to the escarpment, and then if you're off the mountain, you're not part of the mountains. Well, that's not true. Right. There's a whole foothills that's a part of this. And that's all a part of this this whole region. It, it, I mean, it all it all ties together. So to me, I don't know. It just tells a great story. I don't know why I am. There's two things I'm really excited about, Fontaflor Trail and Old Fort. I mean, I just continue yeah. to be. I can't really articulate why that is right now. I just know that. Man, it just kind of gets me jazzed up when I when I think about both of these com. These, yeah, these it's projects. exciting when somebody's going to benefit, or somebody being a municipality, or the people who have lived there for forty or fifty years and want to see something happen. And I had um, Bryant Lindsay. He's with the Ever Mountain Victory State Trail, another state trail yeah, going yeah. through our area. He describes trails and when they hit municipalities, kind of like the pearls on a necklace. Mm. So your trails along necklace, and these municipalities will each be a pearl in its own way. So I just wow. think that's an incredible way to describe this and we're also fortunate kind of like in Valdez and Morganton and, and all these along the way there's a lot of us have the mountains in our backyard and our lakes and rivers in our front yard so we are just perfectly situated to benefit from everything yeah yeah you are however it's going to take a lot of work and a lot of effort and work and effort that you all have already been that has been put into place for, well, you said 2015, right. when this thing, um, the Fontaflora Trail was sort of the, the genesis of it, I guess. Um, but so you're almost looking at a decade, but there's still decades to go. Hopefully not. <laughs> Hopefully not, right? But, right. but, but you need help. Yes. You need help. And you need help from people who are not only just getting excited about it, but people who can help drive this thing to the finish line. Right. And some of that help we think will come from the state of North Carolina. And what we started, it was actually in February of 2020, we started a group called the Great Trails State Coalition. I'm always getting that flip-flop. The Great Trails State Coalition. And we started with a, a core group of Kate Dixon with Mountains to Sea Trail and Bill Holman with the Nature Conservancy, um, Bob Hunter and I with um, Friends of the Fontaflora State Trail and Andrew Cota with um, Foothills Conservancy. And we started meeting to decide how can we get the state to fund these trails? What's a good way to get them on board with it? And we were working with state parks and we were working with legislators. One of the first things we did was talk about having a year of the trail bill. And with that, we would be able to talk to legislators, talk to folks, and get them to understand trails. Some people still don't get it, that it's not just about um, uh, what would you call them? Granolas out hiking in their flip-flops. It's about health. It's, it's about conservation. It's about transportation in some cases. And it is about the economy in some areas. So we wanted to get across the idea of how trails are benefiting folks all across North Carolina for all different reasons. So we um, had Representative Blackwell again. He has just been a major asset for us for trails and conservation in Burke County is his area. And um, he was willing to sponsor the Year of the Trail bill, and that has gone through the House and Senate, and the governor has signed it. And that designates the year 2023 to be the Year of the Trail in North Carolina, 
and my committee will be coming up with activities. We're gonna have something in every county and just highlight the trails, get everyone involved to showcase and highlight what we have. Also recognize volunteers. I think you've brought it up a few times and know that so many trails across our state are built by volunteers or maintained mm -hmm. by volunteers. I mean, we would probably not be as far along as we are, well, we wouldn't be if it wasn't for our volunteers. So that was our first step to ease everybody into the idea of trails with um, some people call it a fluff bill but it's not I mean it's going to make a big difference in right. North Carolina to celebrate it so once that got through we started working on how state trails could be funded so we met in our group and we've added more onto our coalition to see how the funding should work what do we think is reasonable uh, funding the executive director's position like mine is important having money to do feasibility studies to figure out where should the trail exactly go in your area and then get the trail on the ground is important so again we've gone to representative blackwell and also representative arp since this is kind of reaching across the state to get state trails in their budget so right now there is 29 million dollars in the house budget for trails wow. never been funding in there before for wow. a state trail and so what folks can do right now is the senate passed their budget with zero money for trails the house budget has the 29 million and now they're going to meet to talk about their two bills or their two budgets and so if folks would call their senators and say hey trails are important to us and say what trails are in your area please you know vote to fund trails that would be fantastic and that would help all trails across the state move forward and that's what we're continuing to work on to fund state trails regional trails and local trails yeah absolutely you know we were talking about eric woolridge yeah. earlier with destination by design and, and and i shared with you that 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 phrase place-based economics was something that has really just kind of stuck with me and just using those natural resources in your area as a draw and as a way to to help build you know your your economy well the outdoor economy in north carolina in general is um i, I forget the exact number and i'm probably going to botch this but it's like the sixth largest yeah i think it's something like that 28 billion dollars yeah. in north carolina it's amazing and we with friends of the valdez rec used eric woolridge and destinations by design to plan valdez lakeside park and that started six years ago and eric talking about destination-based planning and making sure this would be a draw from folks around your region and i had not thought about that i was an electrical engineer i just think very <laughs> factual and i got the thinking in addition to just this being a local park for local people to go to after school or work this could be a draw because Valdez was losing its textile businesses, its furniture businesses. We were looking for something new and planning something that was so destination quality, something that people would want to come to from miles around has really set us up for um, success. As I was talking about the Wilderness Gateway State Trail is on an east-west trajectory and suddenly as a little loop coming over Middle Springs Mountain to Valdez to see this park because we have something there worth visiting. Right. We have incredible views of Table Rock and the lake and just so much there that we are now set up because Eric was there to help us see the vision of what this could be. Wow. Wow, that's huge. Yeah. You know, the other thing that kind of comes to mind as, as I as I uncover a little bit more, at least for myself, self-discover some of the, the conservation and trail building and everything else is that the other thing it, it kind of does is it helps to sort of spread out where people are also going yeah. at the same time. I don't know if that's 
uh, it's probably not even a thought here, but 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 it's a thought to me because there are a lot of areas that people go to, and there's some overcrowding, or yeah. people just go there. But there's so many other places that we can kind of spread out and see and discover, and and then hopefully be able to to benefit all these communities at the same time. Yeah, you have a good point as far as spreading people out because they do. I don't live very far from South Mountain State Park, and I know they were really hit hard during the pandemic. And even Valley's Lakeside Park, which during the pandemic is just a forested property, there's no restroom, no real parking Mm. lot we were having 150 people a day come in april and those were individual counts my son's into trail cameras and we put some in the trees and we counted how many people came because we were curious i mean people needed something to do and they They were willing to just get out in the woods and walk and explore and that was just like so fascinating to see that people would come from you know miles around there would be all kinds of -of out-of-state folks in our parking lot and um yeah, that we need more places. We need people to spread out and a home base, I would say too, because um, what I've learned with Valdez Lakeside Park and starting to learn with Fontaflora, when you go somewhere over and over, like you see the nuances, you see like, I never paid attention to wildflowers before. I was just like, get to the hike, get to the high peak, get to the waterfall, whatever. And when you have your home base, you go over and over, you're like, oh my gosh, I've seen 40 kinds of flowers. I keep seeing this heron and um, look at that turtle. It's just like, you you expand so much you open up your world so much when you have that place to go to that's your own yeah as opposed to driving hours right. away and driving right past all of this stuff right but i will say from your podcast i have a big to-do list <laughs> with all the things we need to explore in western north carolina i'm like oh my gosh i didn't know about that i need to go there or i need to go here so i'll have that some but i'm still glad to have my home base to go to every day always yeah always i mean those the uh, you know it's interesting you say that because i was driving from uh, Tryon up through Saluda and I traveled this road a bunch of times but I just never really kind of slowed down enough I guess and I just happened to turn to the left and there's a picture on my Instagram page of of this this um, this creek that's just flowing it's just beautiful I had passed this thing umpteen number of times never noticed that piece of that creek before so it's nice when you can have your yeah. local spot <laughs> and you can become intimate with it and right. and also something you said earlier and I think you're exactly right you also begin to develop a little ownership of this place too. Right. So those people that are along this way, I mean, if they truly embrace this, they're they're going to start owning this particular section. And then there's pride that comes in. That's right. pride of this is my my town. But but then also people are, I think when you think of leave no trace principles and things like that, that people are a lot more um, apt to take care of something. And it's been a learning experience for us all. Like during the pandemic, so many more people were coming outside and they didn't know how to act outside. And I can't blame them. Like, if you weren't raised, if you didn't know, I mean, That's for right. years, people were throwing trash out their windows, windows until we saw the Indian crying and we knew we shouldn't be throwing That's trash right. out the windows. Now, when there's people throwing giant logs or throwing big rocks in the creek, like, they just need to be educated and brought along about what's responsible outdoors and how to act. And I'm glad we have that chance now, as we yes. were talking about before, that they will take ownership. And we have tons of volunteers along the trail learning trail building. In Burke County, we have a trail builders club, um, trailblazers who are learning to build trail and respect the trail and learn, you know, know what's expected of them outside. Yeah, yeah, we're all learning and we're all responsible for it. So yeah. oh, that's cool. So what are some resources? Where can we go? And we'll, we'll put some links in the yeah. show notes. But um, tell us where we can go to find out more information about 
not only this trail, but maybe even some of the other trails that you have worked on in the past. We haven't even talked about. Well, right now you can find out more about the Fontaflora State Trail at FontaflorestateTrail.com. And there we talk about the access points of the trail and our organization and our board. We're represented by folks all along the different counties in equal numbers. Um, and we'll soon have a map up there. I promise you we'll <laughs> soon have a map that you can figure out where to get here and where there's how many spaces there are. So that's one site. Um, gosh, I don't know State Park's website for sure, but if you just type in North Carolina State Trails, it'll come up. Right now we have nine designated state trails. Over this session, two more state trails have been added. They've been voted in, and there's actually one stuck in the budget, which is weird how that happens. I'm learning a lot with all this legislative process. So by the end of the summer, we could have 12 state trails, which is good on one hand, but to my point that I keep harping on, somebody needs to fund these state trails and care for them and make sure they move along. And um, that is the Great State Trails Coalition. So you can look them up there. And I think we're greattrails.org. I should have all this memorized. <laughs> a, we'll have the link. <laughs> and um, so you can join that. If you have your own hiking group or your own trails group, you can become a member of that coalition and uh -huh. know more about what we have going on and join some of our committees. But again, that is a group that's pushing and in the House budget right now. There's $50,000 for each state trails nonprofit. So Friends of the Fontaflora State Trail would get $50,000. Mountains to Sea Trail would get $50,000. They would all get $50,000 to help promote the trail. That would be more like staffing and organizational. Then there's a pot of money that is about um, $15 million that would go to the state trails based on what they need to complete. So we have 60 miles to complete. I'm not exactly sure what their ratio is going to be, but we would get a pot of money versus Wilderness Gateway State Trail is going to be two or 300 miles, and they don't really have anything on the ground yet. They would probably get more. So that's another pot of money. And then lastly, I think it's 10 to $11 million is a grant process. Okay. So each state trail would be competing to get that money on who has the best project. So that's the other group you may want to check out. And if you're just curious about me and my hometown and how I got started, it's friendsofthevalleysrec.org. And um, we're just a total volunteer group who are trying to make good things happen in the parks and valleys, like the Big Valleys Lakeside Park. Isn't that amazing? I'm just, I'm so blown away at people like yourself who you see something, you're passionate about it, you can't help but go do something or talk to somebody or mm -hmm. knock on a door or make a phone call. And then all of a sudden you find yourself sitting in a chair as an executive director. <laughs> Yeah, it's kind of crazy, but I like it. I yeah. like to keep on going. Yeah, well, that's awesome. All right, so uh, you mentioned some of the hike and learns. Yes. And uh, I was also on your website. And I saw some that you have in October. You have some in November. I think you're actually going to be up in Old Fort yes. maybe in November. Yes. In um, November, I think it's November 6th because I have to get done and be back for a wedding that afternoon. But yeah. at November 6th, we're going to meet at the Ride House in Old Fort. And the Ride House has been a big boost to Old Fort that is a place you can gather before or after your hike or your bike ride or whatever. So they have plenty of outdoor seating. So we will start there at the Ride House and you can have pastries or coffee or whatever, use the restroom. And we'll have our learn portion. Okay. And for that, I just give a little overview about Fontaflora State Trail and our guest that day will be Foothills Conservancy of North Carolina because the portion we're going to hike was property that they acquired and uh, transferred to the state and then they actually built the three miles on there. 
That hasn't been designated state trail yet, so it's still closed to the public. So we'll be going as their guest and we'll carpool from the ride house over to uh, the trail because there's not a lot of parking. We'll do a three mile hike there and then come back to downtown Old Fort and have lunch at Hillman together awesome. if people want to. So that's kind of our format there and we're looking forward to being there and exploring everything. And then October is, uh, that was November, October's Asheville to see where the trail ends. And December, finally, we've been waiting for quite some time for the Lake James State Park Visitor Center to open. Oh, Brand cool. new, huge visitor center with um, towering windows where you can look out and see the mountains. Oh, and the wow. Fontaflora State Trail will actually come through their visitor center. No so way. when it's open, it's like painted on the floor, Fontaflora. And the other thing that's opening is a 250-foot bridge is like suspended over the water, no pylons, that is also part of the Fontaflora State Trail. Wow. So all that's going to open maybe October, November, but we'll do that hike together in December to explore that area, see the visitor center and the bridge. That's so cool. Yeah. It's I amazing. mean, what an amazing opportunity. If, if you're somebody that gets excited about this and hopefully a lot of our listeners are excited about projects like this, but, um, it's not, you know, we're not, looking back, talking about it after it's already completed. We're talking about this thing now as you're in the middle of it in new sections and as you grow. So this is a great opportunity to to really kind of tap into something and and really kind of be a part of its its future, to be honest with you. Yeah, well, this year we started a fundraiser called the 100 Mile Challenge. Okay. And this year you paid $100 and you became a member, and the goal was to walk 100 miles between Memorial Day and Labor Day. Okay. And so basically you're just funding our trails on the ground process. But you could do this anywhere. But the goal is to move forward and eventually our 100 mile challenge will all be on Fontaflora State Trail. So in, during that summer, you will have walked the whole Fontaflora State Trail. So kicking it off now that you can do anywhere and we'll keep it up every year, but I cannot wait until the time is here that your 100 miles is completed on the trail. Yeah, me too. Well, Beth, listen, thanks so much for being here today. Actually, you're almost hosting me. We're sitting here at the town hall of city or town of Black Mountain. So you're connected all up and down this corridor, which is yeah. fantastic. So it's it's wonderful to be here with you today. But thanks so much for just for taking time out of your busy schedule, sharing more about the trail. I know that there's going to be more to hear and learn along the way. Uh, but thank you for your effort. I know there's a lot of people that are involved. So that's thank you, Beth, at all, all yes, the other people yes. that are involved. But uh, I just really, truly appreciate you being here today. And I have thoroughly enjoyed learning more about the Fontaflora Trail. Thank you. Trail use has increased more than 300% in some places in the last year, demonstrating how eager North Carolinians are for safe places to be outside in nature. New trails can help build both physical and economic connections, and they allow us to capitalize on North Carolina's natural beauty, warm people, and rich history. And there is an economic impact too. Outdoor recreation is a $28 billion industry. Trails have been shown to have a significant return on investment and positive effect on promoting a thriving economy. In fact, North Carolina's Great Trail State Plan seeks to connect all 100 North Carolina counties by trails benefiting the citizens, our communities, and the outdoor recreation economy. I hope you enjoyed learning about this great state trail, and I encourage you to learn more. Visit the completed sections and get involved spreading the word about this remarkable outdoor asset. If you enjoyed this episode, then you'll definitely want to subscribe to the podcast so you can stay up to date with future episodes. Be sure to check us out on Facebook and Instagram, and feel free to reach out to me at mike at explorationlocal.com. If you ever have an idea for a future episode, or if you just want to connect, I love to connect with you in that way. Well, 
that's going to do it for this episode. Until we meet again, I encourage you to wander far, but explore local. <laughs>